Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Better Days Season 3. Today I'd like to share with you some lessons that I've learned from suffering as a leader and how to navigate that, which can be really complex. Our suffering was long-term, so years and years of my wife undergoing surgeries and a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions, a lot of testing around her health and her medical condition. And it's interesting, as we were going through that, that period of years of excruciating, obscure, always trying to identify what was wrong but not having all the answers, a lot of people would come up to me and they would often ask me, what's happening with Kara's medical situation? Or they would try to get a definitive answer about what was wrong. And I would tell them, I don't know. We don't know yet. There were more unknowns than knowns, even though I saw her suffering in a myriad of ways. There were a lot of questions. And it's interesting to me, as I think about leaders suffering, here's a question that I think is really valuable. What do you do when you're a leader and you're in this long-term season of suffering, but the context is you don't know everything. You don't have all the answers. You don't quite uh, definitively know what that physical form of suffering is or whatever it may be. And you're weary and you're facing anxiety and fears and depression around the unknowns and the longevity of your suffering. What you are going through may look different than what I went through or what my wife and I went through. However, here are a few things that I learned that have helped me in processing through long-term suffering as a leader. And I hope that these are freeing and helpful things that you can begin to concept now and implement into your life. So let's just get started. I've got a number of bullet points. First is you don't need to have all of the answers, which is so freeing. You know, people are going to pressure you for the answers, especially if you're a public figure or you're a leader. But sometimes whatever's going on in your life, whether it's a mental health condition, a physical form of suffering, a relational form of suffering, sometimes it feels obscure and unknown. And it's okay to be somebody who has a platform of influence or leadership and say, I don't have all the answers. I can think through so many of the storylines of influential people in biblical history that faced immense suffering and did not have the answers. I think of Joseph, who uh, was sold into slavery, went into Egypt, falsely accused of a crime, sent into prison, and yet he was innocent the whole time. He didn't have all the answers, but through that, that series of events of suffering in his life, he gained a massive platform, second in command in Egypt, which enabled him to save all kinds of people's lives, including his family's. He had no idea what was taking place. So you don't need to have all of the answers. Second, you don't have to feel forced to give people an answer. Tell them you don't know, right? There's the, I think there's this pressure that we always know how to navigate everything. But in life, we don't always know how to navigate everything. I had no idea that it would take years, six years to uncover 
all the suffering that my wife was going through because of multiple car accidents. It took six years for us to find answers. And it wasn't till over five years into the, the process that we learned of a serious uh, neurological condition that she had, lifelong serious neurological condition. We didn't even know that that was going to be a part of the equation. But we did start noticing some uh, some things taking place with her memory and her cognitive abilities, which also her team of uh, medical doctors, physicians, surgeons noticed as well. But it took six years to really understand and get the answers of all that she was going through. So you don't have to feel forced to give people an answer. Another uh, helpful thing that I learned, keep moving forward. That's something that Karen and I decided to do. You know, it was painful. It was hard. It was confusing. We didn't have all the answers, but we learned that it is okay to move forward one step at a time during the foggy season when you can't quite see in front of you. My encouragement to you is don't stop being a human being because as a human being created by God, you have purpose. Don't lose your purpose in the obscurity of suffering and pain. Another thing that we learned was don't stop leading. You know, some people in the midst of your pain and and your suffering, they'll think that, oh, you're going through anxiety, you're going through depression, or you're going through some sort of physical ailment or some sort of family suffering, whatever it may be. Some people will say, you need to stop leading. But that's never the answer. In fact, the most influential people, again, I'm thinking through biblical history. We can think through history in general as well. But the most influential people have all had influence born out of their suffering. Your greatest influence will come out of your suffering. Your greatest breakthroughs will come in the midst of the valleys, in the midst of your suffering. Your deepest spiritual and character formation will likely occur in the midst of your brokenness. And you might say, well, that's great theories, Wesley. But I'm here to tell you, all of this happened for me in the midst of pain and suffering. I'm a different human. I've been shaped and formed by leading in the midst of suffering. And my most influential message, besides the good news of Jesus, is what God has done in me and through me during that season of painful suffering. Another thing that we learned and that I learned as a leader is there are no quick fixes in the valleys, right? Everybody in our society, in our Western culture, they want to give you a quick fix because we are uncomfortable with suffering. Uh, There's an awkwardness around suffering. It's like, think of it this way. It's like you're in middle school and you like a girl, but you have no idea what to do or what to say. That's how we are perpetually with suffering in the Western world because we have no meaning around it, no value for it, and happiness is our highest ideal. Therefore, we try to evade suffering. And if we can't evade it, we try to find quick fixes. And if you're a leader... You like to fix things, but here's the thing. There's no spiritual pill to swallow to alleviate all of your suffering. There is no magic solution. There is not a natural cure for everything. You get what I mean. People will come up to you. They're like, 
Have you tried this? Have you tried that? And, and sure, there might be some good things and maybe we try them. It helps. But there's not a cure for everything. Some suffering is long. It's painful. It's hard. It's excruciating. It's agonizing. And there's not a quick fix. So you keep moving forward. You keep leading. You keep influencing. You keep having purpose as a human being that has purpose inside of you. Another thing that we both learned, my wife and I, is it takes time to walk through intense pain and suffering. Some of you are listening to this and you're like, when's this going to be over? I'm so ready. And we felt like that often, like year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. And we're just so weary and exhausted and depleted. And I felt a loss of passion because I, I really feel for the first time I, I begin to experience depression from the weariness of all those heavy years, the emotional and spiritual uh, and mental exhaustion around all this suffering. And, and sometimes we're like, this has to end. Like now, like this has been too long. But some of us, we're going to live this out on a long-term basis. So it takes time to walk through it. It takes time to process it. It takes time to find healing in the midst of pain and suffering. Another thing we'd learned, particularly out of the exhaustion that we went through in this starting this fast-growing church that grew really fast, like we were on this fast-moving train, the train never slowed down for us to get off and breathe. Another thing that I learned in particular, maybe not my wife, because she had a lot of wisdom and how to navigate certain things that I didn't have, but I definitely learned this, that it takes time to reset, Right? physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. So let's say you hit burnout and exhaustion. It takes time to reset, but we can choose to take the little steps each day, right? Not every step, but little steps each day to make the necessary changes to bring health and healing back into each of those areas of our life. So when we are physically exhausted, emotionally exhausted, relationally exhausted, and spiritually exhausted. I remember being in Hawaii uh, on a sabbatical, which was beautiful. It's slow. It's peaceful. It's life-giving. But I didn't even feel like my soul became human again, or I uh, lost a sense of just this underlying constant perpetual stress in me and anxiety that was a result of living under this chronic stress. I didn't even feel the undoing of those realities for at least a month and a half. And then I was like, one day I woke up and I was like, oh, this is what it's like to feel healthy. This is what it's like to breathe and not feel anxiety. This is what it's like to wake up and not feel this heaviness and pressure of stress that is just consuming your life. This is what it's like to, to have a clear mind and to envision and have passion again for life. And so it takes time. In the midst of all of that long-term weariness and suffering and unanswered questions and obscurity and all of these things and people pressuring us for answers, which almost always, uh, sometimes it's out of their own curiosity, right? They want information, but most of the time it's because people genuinely care, which is awesome. So if you were one of those people, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. But in the midst of that, here's what Karen and I have decided. Never lose hope. There are, and we've experienced this, there are better moments ahead. We've learned to find joy in the small, meaningful moments. Not every moment every day is awesome. Some are really painful and hard and exhausting, but there are also better days ahead. 
And we know that God is present with us and that God is present with you and that he will walk with you in the valley of suffering every single moment of every single day. And we also know that there is a future ahead of us and that we have purpose on this earth and that we have purpose in eternity when all things will be healed. So we have chosen never to lose hope. And we want the same for you. We want you to know there are better days ahead. We want you to know there are better moments ahead. We want you to know there is a hope and a future for you. And we want you to know that part of that hope is that you have a God-given purpose on this earth. Never lose your purpose in your pain. So much love to you guys. I hope that those were helpful, practical. Um, I hope that you can take a hold of some of those concepts and tools and begin to process through those mentally and emotionally and then making decisions based on those in your life can't wait to share with you more in the next coming weeks. Much love to you all. Thanks again for joining me. I hope you were encouraged. I would love for you to help me to spread the word to bring hope for better days to as many people as possible. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. Thank you for your support. I can't wait for you to join with me again next week for another episode of Better Days.